Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. It's the beginning of the year. We're preaching it because I believe it's what the Holy Spirit is saying to us anyway at Metro uh, in 2023 and for what God wants to do. And uh, the Bible teaches that there's a divine order. It matters as much when you do something as what you do. For instance, Matthew 6, verse 33, lots of you will know it. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The things that get added unto you don't get added unto you unless you seek first the kingdom. Divine order matters. There's no verse that says, but if you're busy, seek third the kingdom. There's no verse that goes, well, when you get around to it, hey, you know, try and find God and don't worry, He'll bless you anyway. Uh, everything here says that divine order matters. Proverbs 28 verse 20 says a faithful man or a faithful woman will abound with blessings, but the faithful comes before the blessing. In other words, sometimes people go, well, I'll become diligent or I'll become active or I'll serve God when this happens, when that happens. And God says, no, a faithful person abounds with blessings. So divine order matters in your life and mine. So when we're speaking about refreshed vision, there's a divine order to it. There are some things that we need to be doing first before fulfilment comes. And I want to talk with you today about some of those. I believe that while I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. So you should make some notes about you. You should write down, this is what I need to adjust now. I need to address this now. I probably won't mention your thing, but the Holy Spirit will mention your thing to you. And I guarantee that there is not one of us here, myself included, that cannot write down something today and say, come on, Lord, I'm going to work with you. I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it with you. And I'm believing that you're going to help my life because again, God wants to fulfill the dreams and the vision that He's put in your heart. There isn't anybody here, you cannot be a Christian without there being a sense of being called. It goes with the territory. You are called and chosen, Second Timothy says. So I know that if I'm called, it doesn't mean that I'm going to go across the oceans and, and have some great project and a name that uh, my name attached to it. Maybe it means like Kevin and Vanya, I'm going to be a part of something. But they're not doing it. They're busy people. She still works as a teacher, I think, don't you? Uh, still does all that. It's, they're not doing it because they're hoping to earn brownie points with God. They're not doing it because someone pressured them. They're doing it out of a sense of call. And if you are born again, God's got something for you to do with your life that will make a difference to the earth. That'll make a difference to the world. That'll make a difference to you because you'll begin to fulfil it. Don't wait until you've got everything together. Don't wait until your life is all nice and neat and then say, God, now I'm going to serve. A faithful man or woman will abound with blessings. It doesn't say a perfect man or a perfect woman. It doesn't say the mature Christian. It doesn't say the person that's been to Bible college, the person that can explain the Trinity. He 
He says a faithful man or a faithful woman. And everybody here can be that. Amen. Genesis chapter 41. Genesis chapter 41. Lots of you will know this story. There's some people that I talk about so often that when I die and go to heaven or if Jesus comes back and takes me or I just keep on walking one day and I won't even die and you won't find my body. Like Enoch, that'd be fun. It'd be just like, oh, if the Lord let me do it, that'd be really a lot of fun. What happened to Jeff? I don't know. Rhonda says he just went into the church to pray and he just disappeared. His bag's there. He just kept on going. Cue spooky music. No, I'm not done now. Not for a long time. But think about it in there. Lots of you know the story of this guy. I've spoken about him so often. I think when I get to heaven, some of these guys are going to come up and say, thank God you can't preach about me anymore. <laughs> Genesis 41 is Joseph. Joseph, the coat of many colour guys that gets sold into slavery by his brothers. Rises to prominence in the house of Potiphar, his owner. But then gets unjustly accused, goes to jail, interprets the dreams of the king's cupbearer and the king's baker. But then the king's cupbearer who he specifically said, remember me when you get restored back to your original role. That guy gets busy and forgets. And despite Joseph's willingness to bless, two years of when and how go on. Two years of God, I thought you were going to, but it hasn't happened yet. Two years of that go past. And I ask myself how I would feel having been forgotten for that long. I don't know what you would have done at the six month mark when it becomes apparent that you are not getting out anytime soon. If it was likely to happen, surely the king's cupbearer would have mentioned me by now. Well, here I am but a faithful man or woman will abound with blessings. And so Joseph, even though he doesn't deserve to be where he is and doesn't want to be where he is, Joseph says, I'll serve while I'm here. I'll do my best to honour God while I'm here. And he stays in that place. And so we're going to read one verse that occurs at the two-year forgotten mark. Two years, that's a long time. Two years have gone past and there's been no progress, no change and no evidence, no sign. And verse 14 says this, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon and he shaved, changed his clothing and he came to Pharaoh. Think about it a minute. This guy who's been waiting for two full years and years how long we don't know before that in a place he doesn't deserve to be listen to me sometimes vision takes a long time I've lived a fair while and I've yet to find a shortcut matter of fact here's my shortcut for you spiritually wait on the Lord that's the only shortcut the person who is engaged with God and his purpose needs never worry about time. God will take care of the time if you'll take care of your heart. If you'll take care of 
your heart. He'll take care of your time. Psalm says, my times are in your hands. And sometimes we want to snatch them out of God's hands. Abram tried that when it seemed like it was taking so long to have a son. And so when Sarai comes to him, his wife, and says, you know, maybe what we ought to do is take a shortcut, go sleep with my servant, Hagar. Maybe that's how God intended it to do. Be careful of the people whose spiritual advice is that you should take a shortcut. Because he agrees with her. This man that the Bible says is the father of all them that believe a man of faith. But in a moment of weakness, he takes a shortcut, a shortcut to fulfilment, a shortcut to pleasure. And he momentarily gets, uh, she gets pregnant and he goes, wow, this is great. But the whole thing really goes pear-shaped from that moment on. Why? Because there are no shortcuts. The thing you think is a shortcut is more likely to hurt you than to help you. And so Joseph is waiting all these years, stuck there. But when Pharaoh summons him to interpret the dream that his soothsayers and his advisors and his consultants and his experts cannot uh, reveal what's behind it, they summon Joseph and he shaved and he changed his clothing and he came to Pharaoh. Because that's all he had to do. Joseph never said, where's my prophecy manual? I really need a revision course. Joseph doesn't have to sweep out the bitterness of yesterday's disappointments. Listen to me this morning. He doesn't have to sweep out the dullness of inactivity. I've been waiting and nothing's happening, so ah, oh, well. He doesn't have to fix any of that. He's ready when his moment comes. Think about it a minute. Joseph, as T.D. Jake said, don't drop the mic. He shaved. He shaved. He'd finished shaving. Genesis 41, verse 14. They took him out of the dungeon, stopped the clock, and changed his clothes, and they brought him into Pharaoh. One minute and 28 seconds. That's all he had to do to get ready. Let me ask you a question. How ready are you for something new that God wants to do? How ready are you for what God wants to bring next towards your life? How ready? We talk about refreshed vision, but a refreshed vision that we're not ready for, well, we're just going to still be scattering around when the caravan's gone past. We need new attitudes, maybe. Maybe we need new mindsets. Maybe some of us here need new methods, new structures in our life. He arose, he shaved, he changed his clothes and he's ready. Let's go to Habakkuk chapter 2. Are you ready for the new? That's number one. Second thing, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. I'll stand my watch and set myself on the ramparts. See what's, watch to see what he'll say to me, what I'll answer when I'm corrected. 
Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. The first person to read the vision is not somebody that Habakkuk hands it to. The first person to read the vision is the one who writes it. It's the one who receives it. Listen to me. The one who receives it has to be ready to run. There's not much point in God giving you a vision that requires you to run. These are brand new slippers. They're the biggest I could find. Not quite big enough, but they'll be in, they'll be in threads later. Anointed. There's not much point, you know, the Lord giving you a vision and you're still on the sofa with your slippers. Are you with me here? I'm just waiting on you, Lord. And he says, no, shut up. I'm waiting on you. He goes, get the slippers off, boy. Because if you really intend to... God, useless things. These are much better. So trouble with Joseph's garments. See, now I'm ready to run. Let me ask a question this morning. Are you ready to run or have you still got your slippers on? Have you still got your slippers on mentally, spiritually? Are you, is this the extent of your prayer life? Okay, Lord, I'm going to sleep now. See you tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not criticising. That's a good prayer, particularly if you don't pray any others. All I'm saying is, just maybe, it might require a little bit more. There might be a bit of spiritual energy, a bit of spiritual running. There might be a little bit of spiritual activity required. Huh? We want a microwave God. I have a friend of mine who remained nameless. But he's here. And he and his wife have got two microwaves because they get tired of waiting for each other. I thought it was a good solution, obviously, for their issues. But God, listen to me. This is what I've discovered about God. God kind of thinks he's right. Have you noticed that? He thinks he's right. And you can tell him, but you'd prefer he do it some other way. And he just goes, and? How ready to run are you? Can I take this off? Because it's like way hot. How ready are you for the new? That's the story out of Joseph. How ready are you ready to run are you? That's Habakkuk. Here's the third one. Are you ready for increase? I'm going to take you to a parable that I've read a hundred times and never, ever saw this until a week or two ago. Luke's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 16, Jesus is speaking. 
says, Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And then he thought with himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? Listen to this. So I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you've many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And God said to him, Fool, this night your soul. Remark on that a little bit later. Fool. Why is this man a fool? God said, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you've provided? You don't need to be a farmer or to have a farming background to understand what's going on here. This farmer's had a crop and out of nowhere, unexpectedly, doors have opened, the crop's bigger than it's ever been. Marvellous things are happening. Influence is, is going through the roof. And I want you to look at what his answer to increase is. It's not who do I give it away to? It's not can I borrow space to store it? Verse 18 says, this is what I'll do. I'll pull down my barns. His answer is, I'm going to pull down the storage I've got and I'm going to build new ones. Now, what happens to the crop while he pulls down the barns that some of the crop could have been in? I come from farming country and I've heard farmers talk about how the seed got ruined. The crop got ruined because the weather got to it because they couldn't store it properly. Didn't have enough room maybe. This guy's answer is, I'm taking away the storage I've already got. I'm going to build new barns. How long does it take to build a barn? Well, in today's day and age, it would be several months. By the time you dug the footings, poured the slab, erected the steel, put up the roof, put up the walls, put in the electrical, John, a couple of months at least. It'd be at least that amount of time. What happens to the entire crop while this guy pulls down his barns. His lack of preparation, his lack of preparation isn't going to cost him his surplus. It's going to cost him everything. Think of the last sports star or celebrity who had a bumper crop of influence, but were not ready for the increase that came their way. They don't lose their surplus, they lose everything. How important is it that we are ready? I would say to you, it's of vital importance that we prepare for increase in our life because a lack of preparedness can cost you divine blessings and divine opportunities that God sends to you. Amen? See, this is where it starts getting a little bit serious, a little bit pointy. Because I start asking myself, God, if you were to bring a level of increase, am I ready for that? Am I ready spiritually? Am I ready mentally? Am I ready emotionally? I didn't say, have you arrived and got it all done? But am I ready? Am I on the journey? Am I thinking about it? Because see, we're praying for refreshed vision and revision isn't something God asks you to try Revision, according to God, is a revealed certainty. 
It's something he says, I'm going to do that in the earth. I'm going to make that happen. When he said the glory of the Lord will cover the earth uh, as the waters cover the sea, he wasn't saying, I'd really like that to happen. I hope it'll come to pass. He's saying that will come to pass. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for the new? Are you ready to run? And are you prepared for increase in your life? If you get a promotion this week in your job, have you got the character ready to carry it? Number four. You've gone so quiet to me. Everyone just turn to someone near you and say, he really does love us. Are you ready for the new? Are you ready to run? Are you ready for increase? Here's the fourth one. Are you ready for storms? Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus again speaking, says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him or her to a wise person who built their house on the rock and the rain descended and the floods came. The winds blew and beat on that house and it didn't fall because it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them, why? Well, because I was busy. Well, I didn't think it really mattered all that much. I thought my pastor would be able to take care of that. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them will be like a foolish person who built their house on the sand and the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. Two things in common for the wise and the foolish. Both build. You are building something, even if you don't intend to. You're building your life. You're building your tomorrows right now. And the second thing is that storms come to everybody. Storms don't come because you're bad. Storms come whether you are smart or whether you are not smart. Where you can be foolish and a storm will come, but you can be wise and a storm will come. Too many times when we get into a storm, we go, God, why have you left me? And He's going, He sends His rain on the just and the unjust. Amen. A wise person is building. I cannot say this to you strongly enough because I've watched over the years Christian leaders who get to a level of influence that their character can't sustain. And no one's impervious. No one's bulletproof. I'm not. No one else is. That's why you've got to have people around about you. That's why being a part of a church matters. I don't want to just attend somewhere where they know where I sit. I want to be somewhere where there's somebody who knows me enough to talk to me. Amen. So when the storms come, I didn't say if the storms come, I say when the storms come. Amen. When the storms come. And here's the great news about that is if you build your house on the rock, you don't fear storms. See, the wise men didn't go to bed at night going, oh God, I hope it doesn't rain. They forecast a thunderstorm for today in Perth. I hope my paper house will stand up. I hope my cardboard house will still be there tomorrow. If you build your house on the rock, you look at storms and you just go to sleep. You just say, I built on the rock. Amen. Come on, are you with me here? Come on, listen, Jesus is not a, a band-aid you add onto a sore finger. Jesus is not some kind of a, a, an accessory to your outfit. You know, here I go in my life and I just add on a gold chain and that's Jesus. I wear a cross and that's Jesus. 
Jesus is more than that. He's foundational to the inner part of our life. I do not know any better advice to give any believer than to say this, find out what God wants you to do and do that. It's not rocket science, I know, but it'll take you into orbit. It'll take you somewhere great. And it's not kind of cute and it's not simple and it's not easy, but every day, God, I'm here to do your will. I, I, I hope you do this regularly. I tell the Lord if I'm surrendered to you. I'm surrendered to you. I'll do whatever you want. I'll do whatever you want. I doubt if there's a week in my life where I don't have someone where I would say, God, I'll do whatever you want. If I know it's you, I'll do whatever you say. Why? Because that's building your house on a rock. Amen. That's building your house on a rock. Building an inner life that's ready. Build an inner life that's ready for something new. I believe that this year God's going to do new things, but we want to be ready for them. You say, Jeff, how can I be ready for something I don't even know what it is yet? This is how what Joseph did. He stayed absolutely sharp spiritually. He stayed learning. How do I know that? Because he, when he walked into Pharaoh's uh, court, he knew exactly what to say, where to stand, who to address and what to do. When Pharaoh made him the ruler over all of Egypt, he never went, who's who? Which one's Sir Humphrey Appleby? He knew who everyone was. Why? Because he'd been learning in the king's prison who was who in the zoo. Amen. Are you learning where you are? Or are you going, oh, no, I'll do that when I get there. When the exam comes up, I'll study the night before. I was talking to a young student this morning. We were talking about the need for every day being on top of whatever it is you study. Every day doing a bit. Amen. Come on, some of you. What about that dream you've had for ages and you just, you, you got it up on the shelf like it's a picture. And you walk past and go, hmm, nice vision. That's pretty cool. The question is that is, have you got your running shoes on? Amen. Are you shaved and ready for the men? Are you ready for what God wants to do? Yes. Ready for what's new, ready to run. Are you ready for increase? And then lastly, if they should come, when they come, are you ready for storms in your life? Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Just right where you are right now. Come on. There's an old song that says, All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him. In His presence daily live. Amen. Oh, come on. I'm not, I'm not trying to set a bar so high you can't reach. God's raised a lot of kids. Some of them were more work than others. But He's raised them well. And He's ready to go on the journey with you. He's not asking you to be perfect in one go. Maybe that's why Joseph got that two-year period. Maybe it wasn't the forgottenness of the king's cupbearer. Maybe it was the grace of God. 
Maybe God knew that he needed to learn a whole lot more before he was ready to go into Pharaoh's court. Maybe that's what it was about. So Lord, wherever we are today, those that are on the beach and those that are in Malaysia and Indonesia and who knows where else around the world, those of us that are in the balcony and those of us down below here in the main part of the auditorium, today we just want to say to you, Lord, we give our life to you. We give our life to you. We know that you'll do something good with it. We know you'll do something great. Come on. You'll do something great with it. God will do better with it than you ever could. Team, come please, if you would. Sing this song. Just sing it for us, would you? I'm just going to ask all of us just to listen for a minute. Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. But you've never failed me yet. Just listen while the team sing it for you. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me change to come knowing the battles won for you have never failed me yet your promise still stands let's stand great is your faith come on sing with the team Father, we thank You for that this morning. We thank You that Your promise still stands. We're relying on You. We lean on Your keeping power. We rely, Lord, in Your Holy Spirit speaking to us. We have no faith other than what You impart to us. So, Lord, we rest in You. We trust You. We don't fear the storms. Nor, Lord, are we afraid of increase because you prepared us, you got our heart ready for what was to come. So that when we gave you our yes, we're not asking you for a date on the calendar. Tell us by then, by when. We're saying, Lord, we'll be faithful every day until that moment comes where we get called out of the dungeon as it were. And I pray God that we'll be just like Joseph. There's only some incidental things we gotta do. The real important part of us was ready. Thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Just while heads and bowed, eyes are closed. Some of you here in this place have never started a journey with Jesus because no one ever told you how to. Or maybe you started walking with God, you 
kind of got lost along the way. Please understand God loves you. Please understand that God's not angry at you. If He was angry at you, He never would have sent His only begotten Son to die on a cross for you. If He was angry at you, He never would have sent Him. He sent Him as a demonstration of His love for you. If you've not started to walk with God or you need to come back to Him, I want to pray with you right where you stand. It's important that we do this. It's important for you that you don't leave here going, I'll get around to it. Jeff, I'll do it later. It's important that right now you take this moment and say, Jeff, I'll do it right now. Be ready. I'd love to pray with you just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If that's you and you'd like me to pray with you right where you are, would you just slip your hand up so I can see it? And then I'm going to see your hand and pray with you and for you this morning, wherever you are. I'll look across the balcony for a minute. I don't want to miss anybody out wherever you are. Just slip it up put it back down you say Jeff that's me I'm, I want to start a walk with Jesus today Father help people today Lord people online that need to say yes to you people in the building Lord would you move on hearts and lives bring salvation to each one in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. Look this way a minute. If you want to say yes to Christ, we've made it so easy for you to do that. But easy doesn't mean that that the followership is easy. It means the beginning part of it's easy to say yes to Christ. Let's just pray this because I feel like there's somebody here. I don't know who you are. But I'm going to pray it anyway. And I'm going to trust that you're going to make this prayer yours. Then you'll follow through with a yes. So can we do that? Just say this after me, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me because I matter to you. I want you in my life. I want to follow you. I want to know you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or you needed to come back to the Lord, then why don't you text yes through to the number up there on the screen. 488 If you're outside of Australia or you'd rather get our help via email, you go to yes.metrochurch.org.au. Either way, we will send you. We won't spam you. We'll never do that. We'll never write and ask you for money ever, ever, ever. What we will do is we'll send you a Bible verse every day, a different one. We'll send you a prayer, a different one every day. It fits on one screen of the smartphone. And we're doing that because we want to encourage you in your beginning walk with Jesus. We want you, no matter where you are, you can only come to a service maybe every Sunday, but we want to be there with you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We want to be there for you. And make sure we're helping you. So text that through, would you? If of course, if you're with us on the online platform, there's a yes button for you that's even easier for you right now. That'd be just great. Amen. Well, you know, I just pray that this month has been as rich to you as it is to me. I'm thinking of, uh, you know, we've got Future Sunday on the 5th and then we've got Faith, Hope and Love that night. And uh, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking of speaking that night and praying with people on enjoying the impossible. I know it sounds nuts. The reality is God never asked you to do anything you could do without Him. Why? Huh? Why? Pastor Ray was telling us in mingle time the story of a man who might be here, I don't know, 
I don't know who he is, so I'm not embarrassing him. But apparently came to church one Sunday morning when we get everyone to pray and turn around like we did this morning. Someone prayed, one of you prayed for this person. Unbeknownst to Pastor Ray to meet anyone else, he had a, a, an addiction problem that had beset him for so many years. And in that moment, God touched him and he was free. Testified at uh, the Men's Connect group that Ray hosts. And if you're a man here and you go, I need some discipleship, you come up here, Ray. They should come and see this man. He'll. Where will you be afterwards? Where will you be afterwards? In the cafe. Turn around so they can see you're gorgeous. You look like you've shaved not only there. No, okay. You're well said. You got me. God's got impossible things for you. But you don't fear the storm if you build on the rock. Amen. I pray this will be a great week for you. I really do. I feel, I really do. I feel like the Holy Spirit is so active. I feel like He's more active than my preaching. And I, I don't mean that in any disparaging way. I just feel like He's going, hey, I've got it from here. It's all right. You can stop. Now Solomon's going to be online, praying with the people online. John and Trudy are going to be out in the prayer space, ready to believe for miracles for the people that need them out there. The cafe will be open with all that food. Thank you again, Brian. Thank you to Veronica as well. You can go while I sing with the team one more time. Or you can stay. Help yourself. God bless. See you somewhere soon. Amen. still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness I'm still in your hands this is my confidence you never fail your promise still stands oh, great is your faithfulness faithfulness God bless you. Don't forget, next Sunday we're praying for all the students. It's going to be a great morning. God bless. See you somewhere soon. Thank you.